Um, oh yeah, so hey everybody, welcome to the Chicken and Liquor Hour. I have a special guest here, someone who I just think is seems very interesting and very dope and just does really dope shit, basically. Um, I'll let you introduce yourself. Oh, all right, we're, we're doing this. Hi. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, my name is Carmen and uh, I am an artist. When you Ooh. say artist... What do you mean? Um, I really just like, I don't know, I feel like I engage in different types of art. So I primarily do music and um, I sing, but I uh, play drums for some people and uh, I play piano. And uh, growing up, I drew a lot. I don't draw as much now. And um, a paint and sometimes just just different forms of art I like to do. I danced for a while, just I don't know, like artists. I just mean that whole situation, that whole creative cooking, whatever it is. So what's the so how long have you been, I guess, singing and playing instruments? Um, I I guess since I was little so the earliest time I saw myself singing was when I was like I watched a video of me singing when I was four. And, um, but I was told that I was singing before I was speaking. So at like maybe six months, I was humming, um, playing instruments. Uh, I used to play around my grandmother's piano when I was little, but my parents made me take piano lessons. That was was like my next question. Did you teach yourself any of this? Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so for drums, I definitely taught myself drums. I was made to take lessons formally in order to qualify to play for my church. But uh, I I watched, someone taught me how to do the, you know when you beat with the pencil? Yep, we all used and to so, do the uh, grind and beat back in. Well, back right, in the grind, right, right when the grind and beat. Yeah. And, yeah, you did it. <laughs> Hell yeah. So I was, um, I felt like the boys were all doing something that I wanted to do. And I was like, I could do that. You know what I'm saying? You know, when you look at something, like, I could figure out how to do that. So I asked this guy named Perk. He goes by Perk now. His name was Jamal. And um, I asked him to do it. And uh, it was easy. So I figured it out. And so I just, I looked at those drums at church. And I just transferred the same thing. You know, the tip of the pencil, that's the, the hi-hat. Yeah. Clacking it down. That's the snare hitting it with your um with your wrist that's the bass drum and so taught myself that piano um that was just kind of a joint effort I taught myself some of it took lessons and then kind of finished off teaching myself and watching YouTube when I was like 18 I think a teacher taught me a song he gave me you know like an easy cheat sheet when I was in high school and after that I just kind of taught myself most of the stuff I play now self-taught something that I like did by ear or got off the internet but I play you know for people now so yeah so yes yeah so like you perform it like where do you perform um I play a lot downtown Nashville so like Printer's Alley that's been like my home and a place that's helped me to like start on my own but uh I originally started playing I was playing drums for my dad and so I still play drums for my dad, but so we would start off in like Kentucky, North Carolina, 
Um, we've gone to Atlanta. Like we just go a lot of places, um, different different states we've gone. And he would like, so during his break time, he would have me come up and like play a piano and sing. And I never wanted to do it because I was yeah. like, oh, daddy, it's just me. There's nobody playing, you know, instruments with me. And I'll be shy, but he'd make me do it anyway. And so eventually I started having other people play with me. So um, definitely. So now I have my own show downtown. And that just started maybe like last year, this year. Oh, uh, that's so where, like, so you said Nashville. downtown Nashville. Yes, and downtown. At, what's the name of the place? I play at a place called Alley Tabs and another place called Snitch. Snitch is where I'm at. I'm there like every week. I'm trying to just place. make sure all the people that's listening, if we got any folks in Nashville, they can come holler at you and see you perform at some point. Yes, definitely. So it's Snitch. I'm there a lot on Sundays. We're just about to take like a one or two week break. But if you come on like a Sunday night at Snitch, I'm usually there. You can definitely check my Instagram and I usually keep people updated. But Sunday shows, my Instagram is I am poetic underscore justice. I was about to say you're going to tell them your uh, Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I am poetic underscore justice. I-A-M-P-O-E-T-I-C underscore justice. Okay, so uh, I'm I'm going to, I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, that's it. That's all. So I'm going to assume that like all this started kind of like it because it's a creative outlet, basically, right? I guess so. Um, yeah. So me and my friend was talking the other day and we were saying, is everybody creative? And I first said, no, I don't think everyone is creative. Like, what do you, do you think everyone is creative somehow? Yeah, I think everyone is creative somehow. I've heard preachers say, you know, our creator is creative. You're creative. But I think the difference is um, we call people creative when it's geared towards art. You know what I'm saying? Word up. Yeah. And I think that's the um, issue. Yeah, it's like the categories. My mom has a hard time saying that she's creative, but I think she's creative. She does creative writing. She comes up with ideas for her class. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to create things, but whenever it's geared towards art, that's what we usually classify as creative. Right. And I think, I really do, like, after sitting and thinking about that, I do think everyone is creative somehow, even like a a mathematician that's figuring out a math problem. Like it, you may not think that that's using creativity because math there's there's only like one answer, but some, a lot of times with math there's several ways to get to the answer, and so you're kind of using critical thinking. Like if you're critically thinking about something, that's using a creative way to get to your solution or to get to your answer. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just I mean I didn't I didn't think of that because it is true. There's not just one way to get a, like to go about things and math problems and you do have to, and you can, some things you would think are like really cut and dry. You find out that they're not. And there are creative ways to get the same answer different ways. Yeah. So, I mean, even like someone, let's say like I do scheduling that part of my job is to schedule uh, my staff and sometimes with their availability and what we need, because I'm working in events and it's going to be different times. I got to be creative and like really break it down and cr- and critically think on how I'm going to schedule them for this event. Like I really sit there sometimes for an hour or so trying to break this schedule down and make this availability work for these events. So I'm using Yeah. My- so yeah, I really didn't think everyone was creative at first, but when you sit back and think about it, like everyone's probably creative somehow. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't um Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And, like, when I talk, because I talk about how 
I need to have a creative outlet or I'm going to go crazy. And then a lot of people's like, but I'm not creative. I don't need an outlet. Whatever you do to like not stress, a lot of times that's probably a creative outlet right there. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. if you if you work out, you got to figure out what type of workouts are good for you. What type of workout helps you not to be so stressed? Like, Oh, that's a, yeah. For me, like, so sometimes when I get stressed, and I'm like, oh, this isn't getting done. I'm not doing this. Like, I have to go back to plan and planning. Like, it's, like that's creating. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So, like, in the in the gym, if you're trying to get a specific result and you're stressed that you don't have that yet, you got to create a plan to do it. You got to find a strategy. You know, you got to look for ideas on how to do that and get that done. Word so, up. Yeah. yeah. So, the other day, I think I said I wanted to ask you about like, do you feel there's, like, a difficulty in trying to do music and perform, like, as a woman? Do you think there's a, di- uh, you have to go a different way than men maybe do? Do you think you have it easier, harder? Like, how have your experiences been? Um, I think, yes, I don't know if I, like, yes, harder and yes, easier. Um, it's just whenever you're in a group, you know what I'm saying? In a group that's yeah. dominated by a different group, then you're, something's going to happen. You're going to have advantages and disadvantages. So, like, being a Black woman, I think a lot of times, I, like, I'm learning this. I've learned this recently that I just have to be super secure. And, okay, so attaching yourself to your own reality. So, um, basically, like, I am Black. I am a woman. And yes, I am in male dominated things. Um, yes, I'm going to do things that uh, maybe white people do mostly. So like I sing country music, you know, that's white dominated. Or if I play drums, if I rap or whatever, that's often male dominated. So like attaching myself to that reality, I am black. I am a woman. I am an artist. And um, because I don't need to make it any more or any less than what it is, because everyone else is going to make it more or less than what it is. So right. For example, I've had plenty of times when I'm like playing the drums. And so um, like when I was a teenager, especially I had to deal with it. I would go to visit a church. You know, we would have our second service. You know, black people has got second services. Word up. And so I remember this teenage boy came up to me and I was a teenager and he was like, I didn't know women could play the drums. Oh, wow. And so it's like in that moment. Yes, someone is impressed that you're there, but they're also just impressed that you're breathing. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's it's not like you you always wonder like are you have like do you like you know like where are you coming from? Are you just impressed that I'm alive right now? Yeah. And so like dealing with that, or when someone does pay you a compliment um, in anything. You know what I'm saying? You got to be secure in knowing where you stand so that you can receive compliments well. Yeah, I feel like that's that's kind of similar to as a black person, if I articulate very well, there's some like older white woman that's like, you're very well spoken. Like she's shocked that some young black guy can be very well spoken and not just cussing every other word or speaking with slang every other word. Like they're overly impressed by something hella simple. Hella simple, exactly. But in in and also in turn with that you have to understand and be secure that yes you are well spoken yes you are articulate like you should never question like am i 
articulate or she's just saying that because I'm black like right if that makes sense that's the complex that I had to deal with is like being secure within myself is like yes you are doing a good job and they just happen to notice this or you know like yeah or not making sure that you don't define yourself or self-identify based on other people's compliments or insults right Um, and I and what's crazy today this day and age that's even harder because people don't realize it but I think a lot of us are we define ourselves by the love we get on social media and the compliments that we get just or whatnot because we're such a now it's turned into a generation of just showing off all the time and so now we thrive we thrive on compliments now like it's yeah and that's why people gotta post pictures for everything and i'm I don't mind like post stuff like if you feeling good and you know you look good go ahead and post that as well but I think too many people now their entire day or their vibe their their emotions are dictated by what they're receiving on social media yeah yes that's I mean that's a really good point and like to piggyback off of that or to prove that like so I cannot do that based on social media because I'll say this I've noticed for my social media, so I wiped my entire social media and I only have posted um, about music or whatever I'm doing, Um, you know what I'm saying, musically. And I have way less likes, way less whatever than I did when I would post about random stuff or if I posted like, you know, a body pic. Yeah. Stuff like that where you could see, you know, all that kind of stuff or you could see my hair and everything because my hair is natural. And so... um, but I'm doing way better in my career yeah. than I was when I was posting stuff and got more likes. So it's like, if I base myself on how many likes I got or how many people like this, you know what I'm saying? Like I'd be, I'd be toe up because, (laughs) you know, so that's, that's a really good point. It's not, not safe to do that. Yeah. Like you can't do it on either end. You can't base how you feel on the good compliments or on the negativity that you receive. It's a, freaking roller coaster having to deal with that shit and it can like when I when I got to a place when I finally just didn't really give a damn if people was complimenting me or seeing anything that I was doing or if I was just getting if I just wasn't getting any love I just gave up on that because I realized I was letting that kind of stuff control my emotions and control how my day went like I would legit be I would notice how I'd post something. I'm like, damn, I ain't got like, no likes. And the moment I had that thought to my head, I was like, yo, I'm bugging right now. And yeah. I'm letting strangers or letting people who I barely talk to really affect my day. Like, that's wild that I would. It's not wild, that. though. I feel like it's super, I don't know, that anxiety like and I'll I'll say this so like I have to plan a music video I know where I'm gonna do it whoop whoop but I'm just like when I put out the first you were so you were talking about can you hear me though yeah I can hear okay you. if you cannot hear me please tell me I can't hear you because think well right now like it's on speakerphone or whatever or I don't know it's not it's coming out of the speaker I don't have the phone to my ear um I don't know how this works so anyway. The question was, uh, oh, you were talking about um, being secure and not based on likes. And I was just saying, like, for this video, when I put out the video at first, um, my first video, I did it without fear. I put it out unafraid because 
I don't I just like this is what I gotta do. I just quit my job, I gotta put this video out. But knowing that I have to put out another video, um, it concerned me because I was like, have people carved one image out of me? You know, yeah. like that is not like that's part of me, but I'm not like always crying and sad, you know, with a bunch of balloons. So it's like, you know, that whole thing. But I, like I said before, I have to attach myself to my own reality. This is what I do. This is me. And so when I do the next one, it's like it doesn't matter how it's received. It matters how much of me I put into it, how much, you know, what I'm saying integrity I have with the video, all that stuff. Like that I stay true to myself. But it's nerve wracking when it comes to these likes. It, it really is. Yeah, it, that's I mean, that's true. Like it's. It's crazy because, um, and when I say it's crazy and it's wow, it's I say that because on one end I'm like we shouldn't let it dictate anything, but then on the other end, that's kind of how you're trying to build a brand and build a following through social media as well. So it can kind of fuck with you when you're not getting likes. Like you, you're like, damn, I'm not getting likes. People ain't paying attention to anything. But I've learned that when I stopped caring about it and then I would just post stuff that I enjoy, that I'm being creative and I just do stuff that I love. You People may not like it, but people are really paying attention to that. And I'd have, I would like when I would post like all my workout videos and I wasn't posting workout videos to like show out or, you know, like just to show off to people, or whatever. I started getting people that when they saw I was losing weight, they were writing me like, yo, man, it's mad inspiring that you lost all this weight, man. You you really make, motivate me to go hard and stuff. And so people started writing me. So my homegirl was like, Will, you should post your videos from when you're working out. Because I was already recording myself so I can see how I look like if I'm doing it right and stuff. And just workouts that I so I can remember for the next time. So I just started posting that. And a lot of people wasn't actually liking the video, but people would DM me on Facebook and Instagram and was like, yo, man, what's that one workout that you're doing? Or, man, that's real inspiring. Keep doing what you're doing. So I learned that a lot of people aren't liking it, which frustrates me because I'm like, bro, like, if you actually like it, physically like the uh -huh. video. But but a lot of them aren't liking it, but they see what you're mm. doing. Yeah, they'll see yeah, and it's it's definitely wow, but it's crazy. Like, so you go back to what you were saying, how you don't want people to have um, what one thought of you, like put you in a box and think that's you all the time, and like they just brand you from one video. And I think that's what a lot of social media folk do that because I have people like I'd have family or whatever that was that would hit me up. Well, not a lot of family, but a couple of people's like, "Yo, I just want to talk to you." Make sure you're not drinking too much because I'll see you post about margaritas what? a lot. Or I see you I see you have a chicken and liquor Saturday event. I'm what? like, yo, you know that's one glimpse of my life. What? Yeah, and it trips me out. Like people would think because you post a couple videos of the same type of thing, they think that's what all you're about. Like your whole being is about just that one thing. I'm like, yo, that's one glimpse of my life. That's not me all day, every day. Like, you must be doing well, though. Like, my dad always says, like, when people feel entitled to tell you or to give you advice or all this stuff, that means you're doing well. Like, my dad says that because people say anything. They'll, you know, so, well, that is when you're doing. People want to advise you. I learned. Yeah. So if that happens, you just know that means you're probably doing a good job or you're probably, you know, saying, making an impact or people are watching. Word up. 
Yeah, it's like people will try to create your brand for you instead of allowing you to create the brand you want to give off. Yeah. And which is a real shame, to be honest, but I feel like those are those very just um, surface level people. Those aren't the people that that think deeper into things. That's the people who only read a headline and believe that's what the whole article is about. Uh-huh. I'm not like I'm not a headline. I'm a I'm an in-depth article. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm an article. There's a lot more to me than the couple shit, the couple posts that I put on Twitter or Instagram or whatnot. Yeah. Like that's, I, yes, all of that. Cause that, that's what I've thought about. That had a lot to do with the order. So I didn't, I I only had the budget for the first video, like the video that I just put out. The other one that I want, I couldn't put it out because I didn't have the budget for it. And I just quit my job. So, um, yeah, and I was like, okay, if I put this out first, are people going to always think of me as in this? Like, and are they going to be receptive when I put out my yeah. the project that I actually wrote? You know what I'm saying? Like that song, I didn't write that song. It was a of it, but the next one is like when I put something out that is of me, it actually does. Like the next song, it's probably going to be the one that is me. Like it, it covers more of me, and so like yeah. as an artist. I'm like, are they going to be receptive of it? And yes, you shouldn't care about what people think. But then the tricky part is, or the double-edged sword is like, but the likes kind of, if you get enough of them, if you get enough views, enough likes, then you can make it to another. Yeah. And that video, like the more times people like will comment on something or the more likes you get, the longer it's going to stay up as new on people's timeline. So you kind of need that to you need the likes and the comments and not just the views. One thing that I learned, um, I guess you can edit that other part out. <laughs> but one thing that yeah. I learned is that it's not just the Facebook likes or the Instagram likes. It's also networking. So people who show up. Yeah. So like um, a football player, I had posted about it on Facebook. I was so excited. He walked through my show. He was just leaving. And I got a high five. At that time, like the bar had cleared out. Everybody was getting ready to leave. But this person came through. So it's not, you know what I'm saying? So like, let's say that, like this person who has more network, you know what I'm saying? Who has a bigger reach, listened to me and did something. At that point, yeah. I could have 10 likes on Instagram or Facebook, but this person has seen me live and has met me and I've made that connection. And I could go mm-hmm. to the next level that way too. So I'm saying, like, it's yes, you want the likes and everything, but it, it doesn't have to be only about that. No, and that's our problem. We think that social media is the end all, be all. Now, when to be honest, that word of mouth and networking is still the most powerful form of advertising. Yes, that's still the most powerful <laughs> form because I've been able to create some of the dopest things or just get with people on some real like powerful shit because I'm just having a random conversation with somebody I may have just met a couple of days ago or one of my friends like buys a shirt and then they're wearing it somewhere and they're in a whole nother state and someone sees them in the shirt like yo that shirt's dope where'd you get that and then they show on my Instagram and then they write me on Instagram and ask for two shirts what's the shirt oh, but I it's... see the shirt which shirt was it is it is that what you yeah what is the shirt um, well, I mean, you know, I got a bunch of different shirts, okay, but this, this, this shirt was the ones that I made that says appreciate the melody. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, you ain't never seen any shirts I put. See, you don't be checking up, checking me on Instagram. Oh, wait a minute. Now, it's I watch up. a lot of your funny videos when they do show up. <laughs> don't don't prompt me like that, but I, <laughs> apparently I need to do some more research. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh, because the shirts is popping, yo. <laughs> the shirt is popping. But that's how, like, I get a lot of my shirts out like that where my friends and stuff will buy it or just people at work buy it or... One of my uh, students then searched me on Facebook to find my Facebook and saw a shirt that I was wearing. And then I come into work one day and they're asking me about the shirt. I'm like, how the hell you even know about that? Uh, and then, they, right. And then they want to buy it. And then they tell the rest of the staff about it. And then I got like five or six people that want to buy a shirt all of a sudden. So, yeah. Do you take cash out? Hell yeah. I take any way somebody won't pay me. I'm going to take that. Okay. I'm going to get a shirt. <laughs> I'm going to look it up. Yeah. For sure. I want that. I'll. I'll send them to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, go on, do that. Do that, fam. Yeah, I'll send Look them to you. That. But yeah, like, that's, that's like the most powerful form of advertisement, still word of mouth. Like, even with social media, it's still word of mouth. And it's it's definitely dope to see that. It's just, we can't, we got to remember that it's not all about social media or all about the likes. Like, I've learned if you, with the content you create, if you fuck with it and you like it and you know that it's you being organic and genuine, there's going to be somebody else that fucks with it just like you do. Like like there's going to be somebody like, I mean, it's like when I see you on Instagram, I just really dig your energy. Like, it's crazy. We never really like spoke in college or anything like that, but I feel like there's certain people you can really, dig their energy mm-hmm. even through social media like you give off really good energy and a really good vibe i appreciate so. that you do too you know i was hype about the um about your uh comedic videos i was like this is good stuff <laughs> like i like the videos like this is that's good shit <laughs> like i was like are y'all seeing this so like when you did hit me up <laughs> i was like but you always seem like you know what i'm saying a nice person and a cool a cool dude so i was happy um when you when you reached out, I was like, yeah, yeah. I, I should have known yeah. him better then, but I did not. Right, right. Sorry. Yeah, it it always be like that though. College is a trip though, because everybody you be in your own world a lot of times, and everybody don't always go out and try to meet new people. You usually fool with like the same old people almost. That yeah, that's true. I was definitely um, a hermit the first two years of college. Uh, and then my last year, yes. So, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably fool with. I I regret that my early years in college, I didn't fool with hardly with a lot of people. Not until like I got to grad school, to be honest. Yeah. I wasn't fooling with a lot of people. And I've learned the best thing for me is like meeting new people, meeting people from different backgrounds, different cultures, from different cities, states, countries. Like I've grown way more in the last six years that since I started meeting people from all over the world, then I feel like I grew in my first like 25 years of life. Wow. Yeah. And that's why I feel comfortable now. That's I've learned that if you like someone's energy, if you can tell that you feel more alive when you talk to them or when you're around them, then you need to reach out and try to spend more time and with them and have more conversations with them. I, I I take that as um, just, you know what I'm saying, a little gem you dropping, you know what I'm saying? A little... <laughs> you know, I always say that I'm done with iPhone. I'm going to get rid of it. But I'm like, I already know the iPhone. I don't want to have to learn a new phone. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to get a, 
I don't want to get a new best friend and have to learn the tendencies of this new friend or something. Yeah, like, I mean. I, <laughs> that's a lot of it work. Is. Like, getting a new phone is like courting. Getting a new phone is like starting to date somebody. Yeah, and fuck that. Right? <laughs> like, dating is... A problem. The older you get, dating is whacker. And it whacker. is, isn't it? It is. It's a whole problem. <laughs> I'm done with this shit. You done dating? <laughs> you know, this is the thing. Like, sometimes I do want to go out on a, a date, but uh, yeah. sometimes people are like, oh, I'm too busy. But then, you know what I'm saying? People want to like, so a guy will make time. He'll say he don't have time to date, but then he'll try to text you late at night. Trying to fuck, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, whoa, what? You, I thought you didn't have time. I thought you were. He don't have time to date, but he got time. Yes, to I'm like, <laughs> first of all, sir. Okay. <laughs> you know what I think? A lot of times, and I say this all the time. I think with social media, we've created this thing where we always think there's something better to do or someplace better to be. So now we've put that in our regular life. It's like we're so scared to commit to plans because we think something more fun is going to come up. So if I hit you, if I hit you up on Monday and you'd be like, yo, Saturday, let's do this and that. You'd be like, uh, maybe I'll let you know. And you wait until later in the week, wait till Thursday or Friday to make sure no one else makes plans with you. Yeah. Usually it's my bed that I'm wondering if that's the more fun thing, but I tell you, I love, that's why, see, I, one of my most popular shirts that everyone's buying now, I have a shirt that says, don't invite me out past 9 p.m. <laughs> and, bro, and, like, I feel that so much because I love being at home a lot of times. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's fabulous. And the club, all that shit is so overrated. It's like, where do you, so, where do you think is great places to even meet people to date these days? I'm single, sweetheart. I don't know, babe. <laughs> That that's so you should know if you're single. Um, uh, well, I'm a hermit single. Um, so I don't I don't really know. Okay, I'll say this. So I go out. You know, when I go out and party, I go. I don't go to like the club. I go to the bars because white people like to right. dance. Like white people are fun at nighttime. Um, and I love to party with white people. I love to sing for white people. They are a good time at nighttime. Black people are actually harder audiences. So you know that hold on that one little clip will sound so messed up because you said I would love to sing for white people that makes it if someone heard just that clip and none of the rest of this conversation that would literally sound like some like when your black ass is not need to edit it out (laughs) (laughs) I'm not don't worry that'd be so messed up if I made that the clip on social media just that like yo just got to have a conversation with my homegirl Carmen yo. And she said, and then it just says you, I love the same for white people. <laughs> you know what? That's fine. They can invite me over to sing, because, honey. <laughs> no, but I get you, though, because I don't like, like, going out to clubs is so overrated, because they're so crowded, they're hot, the drinks are overpriced. I like a lounge. Mm. I like bars. I like going somewhere where it's hella diverse. And I think that's for me, like, living in Florida for six years, because Florida is very diverse. So everywhere we will go, it would be diverse, like from Hispanics and white people and Asians and black folks, like, like, and it's so much fun like that. I like, I love diverse crowds. Well, I haven't really gotten to get into one. That's why I was saying, like, that's so. The reason why I brought up like white people party scene is because we don't have a lot of diversity. You know, it's really segregated in Nashville. So, like, if you right. go to the black club, 
I don't know, man. It's just like you feel like it's the same old, same old. If you go to a black I feel club, like everybody's trying to stun on each other. I feel like everybody's like, mm-hmm. and the and the girls look hella good. You know what I'm saying? The girls look great, but they all walking with that group yeah. of girls they came out with. And it's like I know y'all was turning up pregame and on, you know, on the way over in the car. But you get in and you like you not even hyper. You you too cool. Like the black place yeah. that I've been is too cool. So that's why I said going to like white bars. They're like friendly. You know what I'm saying? You can talk to people. It's a good place to mingle. But in Nashville, going to black social events is different. You can meet people at some. <laughs> um, yeah, so that in Nashville, they had a black event. Um, it's called Mixology. And it's like, you know, you learn how to mix drinks and stuff. That's a great. I didn't go, but I thought it looked cool. But that's a great place to go and meet people. That's where black people are coming. Yeah. Friendly. Woo, woo. But I don't know where we have like diverse areas in Nashville. It's usually either white or black. It's. Yeah, because cities like that is like hella segregated and not diverse enough. That's just like in um, Louisville's actually changing a lot with that, though. But for the longest, like being back home in Louisville, it's like you either go to the black spots or the white spots. It's not a, it wasn't a lot of spots that's just very diverse where everyone goes to. And that's annoying. Like, I like those like social events where it's diverse and where there's popping music, there's popping drinks, dope food dope people that are not being too cool for school and we all just enjoying each other having dope conversation yeah like that and that I think that's one thing the college vibe and I and maybe I just really would like to have more um be in more events like I used to be in a social group in Nashville is black social group and I got to meet a lot of black people um, yeah, but it would be cool. Like I feel like college had all that stuff. Like when we were in school, they had like kind of the diverse events, and you could like meet people, you know. But being out here in Nashville, man, I don't know how you go to a diverse uh, place. But you said Florida right. is different, right? Yeah, like I mean, it can still be segregated in certain senses because you have people who are just stuck in their ways and. They're not trying to go out and do different things. But there's plenty. I think a lot of it's because I guess I use my creativity to um, to make create those own events. So I started seeing things that I wanted to do and people wasn't offering. So I started doing those. So I would do like um, a Uno tournament at my spot. That's I would just lit. do a Uno Right. And I do a Uno tournament and people could sign up for it online and they would sign up. I would create a whole bracket. We do an Uno tournament at the crib. I got like It'll be about 18 people in my place, and we're doing an Uno tournament, three different games going on at one time, and um, I would do chicken and liquor. Like, everybody would have to bring a bottle, and I would provide all the chicken, and I would have prizes for whoever won the game, and we would sit there for, like, three or four hours playing Uno, having conversation, and drinking. You are so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a funny, like, I did those. I I did a 90s R&B tournament. Basically, where like I put a bowl in the middle of the table and I put all these 90s R&B groups in and I made it like it's a matchup with each other. And so one person maybe draws Joe to see the other person draws Drew Hill and they both get like and then they can pick someone to be on their team. And both people get like three minutes to kind of debate why jodeci is better than drew hill and vice versa and then everyone has to vote on who they think wins and then it moves on oh that's so dope like oh oh why didn't i know you sooner right (laughs) right 
Like we were, I would create that, and like, and I think more, especially these days, that's what people want to do. People, to be honest, a lot of folk in our era and generation, they kind of tired of the same old club shit. Like that's boring. Niggas getting shot. Niggas is fighting all the damn time. The drinks are so overpriced. Like a lot of us like that chill shit. Like this, like this generation, we like day parties and brunches and happy hour and shit. Yeah, we do. Yeah, so I would do that. Like, I'd have a, back in Florida, man, I used to have a barbecue and pool party every weekend. Legit from uh, last summer, well, summer before, not this past summer, but summer 2018, before I moved from Florida. Mm-hmm. Man, every weekend from no lie, from like June all the way through September, we had a pool party and barbecue every single weekend. And we would do everything from Uno tournaments. They set up space tournaments. I do like Jenga. We just have a conversation. Like I do these um, conversation nights where everyone has to come with like three to five topics of conversation. Wow. And we will put them and we will put them in a bowl on the middle of the table and everyone gets a turn to draw a topic and we would set the timer for like 15 minutes and we would spend 15 minutes on a topic and when it, the timer goes off we have to move on no matter what the last thing that was said and then we would have to guess whose topic it was and if you are able to guess the topic then you you can pass out a shot to somebody and if no one guesses it then the person whose topic it was gives a shot to whoever they want to give a shot to Oh so, my god. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's so solid. I, yeah, I saw stuff that I wanted to do, so I started creating that shit. And little did I know there'd be a lot of people that like doing that type of stuff. I would be at that little event. I'd be coming to right. stuff. I surely would. <laughs> yeah, like and so that's the kind of stuff I like. I like doing that. And I had some people that's like, bro, you never go out. I'm like, bro, I have fun. You don't so have I'm to go out. That. They come to you. What do you mean? Right. Right. So that's why I like I wanted to I want to my dream. My vision is to create like a large event called just Chicken and Liquor Saturday. And I do that like once every six months. And it's a huge event. Um, It's all kind of like, Uno. it's a Uno tournament going on in one part. There's like dancing going on in another part. There's people chilling like a lounge in another part. There's live music and there's a DJ throughout the night. Like there's TVs watching like a basketball game. It's all kind of shit going on. So that's my goal to create that. Because I feel like that's what we're missing. You're in, that's right. Tell me in Atlanta. I'm like, would you ever come to Nashville? To come to Nashville? Like, it'd be cool if you could like do the event here just one time. You know, yeah. take it a little. I mean, and I would be down with that too. I mean, I know plenty of folk in Nashville. So I wouldn't be against that either. And now that I'm in Atlanta, I'm way closer to Nashville now. So it's so much easier to uh, to drive there because being in Florida, that was a driving from Florida to Louisville. It was a 10 hour drive and that shit was awful. Oh, sweetheart, sweetheart. Bruh. Hell no. Yeah, I was actually uh, I was close to moving to Nashville this past summer because I was up for a job at Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I had an interview there. I had two interviews with Vander with Vandy, and uh, that money was gonna be nice too because Vandy pays nice. I know. Look at them. Look at. I mean, look at their their branding. It looks fancy. They you know, expensive like, and their tuition's high as hell. Them kids there, boy, they gonna be broke after college. <laughs> oh, they're already rich when they got there. That, that is funny. also true. But yeah, I, I was uh, looking forward to that, and then looking up shit. Nashville got the top three highest rent prices in the damn country. 
Yeah, we're struggling, honey. Um, I need to move to River. I'm about to move. I gotta. I love my apartment, but I gotta go. <laughs> like who? Like who is Nashville to have one of the top three highest rent prices though? Well, it's you know they're bringing in these big companies and stuff, and and these um these apartments they know that they're coming and they're just just getting ignorant. They're just getting out of hand. They just it is is wrong. So I hope that the new mayor that we got. Is going to they? He claims he's gonna do it, so I hope that he actually helps with affordable rent prices because native Nashvilleians, we are not happy about this. And the traffic at all. Worse. The traffic getting worse and worse there too. Right. So our our traffic um is they it's like so I just put it like it's almost like somebody invited invited Beyonce to their house party. Right. So if you just <laughs> we don't have the accommodations for these people. Right. We don't like. The the um interstates we don't have enough room like we don't have enough lanes on the interstate you know Atlanta's got eight lanes you know Bruh. we don't have that here <laughs> and we got all these people yeah and these these eight lanes is still off like you know like we spend so much damn time in traffic on a weekly basis like I probably spend about ten hours in traffic every week like that's crazy Whoa. ten hours because it takes me. It takes me on average about 40 minutes to get to work every morning, basically. Now, it depends on what time I leave in the morning, but like Monday and Tuesdays is like the easiest days for traffic in Atlanta. So that's not too bad. When it gets to Wednesday through Friday, that shit is awful, yo. I have to, I'll have to leave earlier than normal. I'll probably go ahead and leave about 640, 645 to get to work sooner. And when I leave at 6.45, it only takes me about 22 minutes to get to work. But those afternoons, yo, like, I already know what tomorrow's Thursday. It's going to take me about an hour to get home tomorrow. That's awful. I would hate going to work knowing that. It's better in Nashville. I will say it's better. We're not that yeah, bad. Yeah, it's like. not that bad. But, yeah, it'll Thursday, I already know. I'm going to put it in. I always put my address in the GPS just to see how long it says I'm going to take. And then I like seeing if I'm going to be able to beat the GPS. That's one of my favorite things to see if I can beat the GPS. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love it. If, it. if my GPS pulls up and it's like 59 minutes, I say, all right. Challenge accepted. That's, Challenge accepted, nigga. So typical black people. <laughs> Challenge accepted, nigga. You say 59 <laughs> minutes, I say 48. We'll see. It feels good when you get those minutes down, though. It's like, look at me maneuvering. Boy, like, it'll be like, yeah, you will arrive at 643. Like, all right, we'll see, nigga. And then I'll pull up, yeah. I'll pull up at 617. Yeah, nigga, I got here in 30 minutes sooner. You thought. <laughs> exactly. And that GPS don't give a damn, but to you, it right. is a victory. Like, you thought, nigga. But yeah, like I already know, man. Tomorrow it's gonna take me about an hour to get home, yo. So, and it's crazy because you get used to it pretty fast. Because if you don't get used to it, you're just gonna be stressed all the damn time and pissed off. My first, bro, my first week here, I was so fucking stressed. Yeah, I would be too if I knew I was gonna be in traffic that long. <laughs> I would be. Well, but you know what? I bet. The music is great. I bet you keep your music on blast so you can listen to all you want to in the car for that hour. I hope you stay occupied. You already know. Um, so it's a little, a couple of different things. Like I'll have my music certain days. I want my music. Um, I'm going to be bumping like on. Uh, so our, usually for some Monday mornings is always gospel, no matter what. Like every Monday morning, I'm always doing gospel music and I'm in there jamming and everything. Well, actually, Monday mornings, I'm listening to like uh, 
like my TD Jakes podcast or another. I just listen to like a very a lot of biblical podcasts on Monday mornings mostly, and then Tuesday mornings I'm probably got some ratchet music and I'm bumping, going hard to some ratchet music. Yeah, by the, bring it out Tuesday. By the time it gets to Wednesday, though, I'm usually listening to a podcast Wednesday morning on the way to work. Yeah, I usually do the podcast, and then Thursdays, it's a mix between music or podcast. Depends on how I feel that morning. And Friday mornings, I always do music. Like, Friday mornings is that, it's like, yo, it's Friday morning, it's about to be the weekend, I'm ready, yo, and my music is just going. And like me, I feel like I listen to R&B music more more than anything i'm a very i'm a huge hip-hop head like i love hip-hop i love rap music like i'm a hip-hop head to the core like from when i was a kid but i listen to r&b music more than anything i would hate it if i didn't have any r&b music Carmen, you there oh hell we can't hear carmen again y'all her phone to cut out. She's probably back there. Hello? <laughs> Hello? Yes. I, I was about to say, she's probably back there cussing our saying poop, poop, Scott, Scott, or whatever. <laughs> I wasn't. No, I wasn't cussing the time. I started yelling. Uh, but um, I don't even remember. We were talking about we were talking about music. I was just saying I could tell that you like the R&B based on your, your uh, videos. Really? Yeah, your R&B, you be having R&B music in the background of all your videos, and you eating eat, eating chicken real slow. Because <laughs> eating chicken slow sound, is way better when there's R&B music behind it. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love, but, you know, I think I get that from my parents, because my mother and father both, growing up, that's all that we played in the house was gospel music, jazz, and R&B. That's all I heard from my parents. Yeah, yeah, that that sounds about right. Now, I'm black parents, and you know what? I like how your, um, your music, your morning music is geared towards what day of the week it is. Like, like legit. you start off with some motivation, and you're like, okay, we'll, we'll got a little comfortable. Okay, let's get a little podcast. Let's make sure we're keeping it stable through the week. And then you're like, woo, woo. Then you're like, okay, Friday, we all the way home. Yep, yep. <laughs> I can tell. It's payday. We about to play this ratchet shit. <laughs> yeah, like you're each. Yeah, I, I feel that I actually um, need to get a new car because uh, I have I have not installed a um, like aux cord Ooh. capability. I got a um, two thousand. My car is old. Oh, so keep it I clean. Can, yeah, I can either do a CD or uh, you know just ride. Sometimes I'll ride with my headphones on. What? <laughs> yeah, bro, that is not <laughs> safe. At all. Yeah, my mom says that all the time. So there's that. Can't but you get pulled okay. over for that? I don't know. I haven't gotten pulled <laughs> over yet. Sometimes if I like see a cop, I like take take my headphones off real quick. I like co- uncover one ear, you know. Hell yeah. Like this is trying to... <laughs> Oh shit. That is not safe at all, bro. You have both headphones in? Huh? Do you have both headphones in your ear? You know, spend all the day. <laughs> so, if you have your headphones in, would you have like the music loud where you couldn't hear someone honking at you? Nah, no, I can hear. Okay, can I'm about to say that's really scary. I had a homegirl back in college that would do that, and I'm like, yo, like that's not safe. What if someone's blowing at you? She said, why would they be blowing at me? 
I'm like, you never know. What's going? What the fuck? That's a stupid question. What do you mean? Why they would be blowing at you? It could be anything. Does anyone ever know why they're getting blown at? No. Hell no. Like, what the hell's wrong with you? But this is also when we was in Bowling Green, so it ain't like it was a whole lot of cars on the road. I mean, Bo- I feel like Bowling Green is the wrong place to do that because there's just way more going on. I don't know. Like, driving in Bowling Green is way different than driving in Nashville. I know what's going on in Nashville. I know where I'm going. You just got to you know what to look for. Bowling Green, I just, I don't know. It's slow. It's weird. It's it weird. Went but like three I, roads in Bowling Green. I don't know. It was weird. I don't know. But driving Bowling Green, it's weird. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, everybody keeps saying it's a big circle, you know, because, you know, you once you even eventually you end up in the same place but i don't know if i ever really experienced like driving that whole circle oh i, I don't know i was just like I've definitely driven around like so when i was in college though i used to just cruise around the city on like at night and stuff i would go pick up my home girl uh who was actually on the podcast last week so shout out to uh the podcast world knows her as nipple ring nikki <laughs> my- oh that's fun hey girl <laughs> uh, it's nipple ring nikki my homie tiara shout out we used to just go cruise around the city. Oh, Tierra. Yeah, you know Tierra. Hey, yeah, what up, Nipple Ring Nikki? <laughs> but, hey, but we would just cruise around the city, and she, I would let her control the music, and we would play nothing but, like, old music, old 90s, 80s, and literally 70s music, all nothing but old school. And because Bowling Green's a perfect city to cruise because it ain't no traffic. It's hardly no, yeah. it's no cars on the road, especially late at night. So we was just legit cruise around. You know what's fucked up about, like, I'm so glad how I've grown up. Back in, when I was in college and, like, say Tierra was driving or my boy Paul or someone was driving, I'd be in a passenger seat and I would have, like, bourbon and I'm just drinking bourbon in the passenger seat while they're driving. Like, I couldn't get like, we couldn't get pulled over and arrested for that. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, I can't believe I was doing that, but I was just, I did it so normal. Oh I did it so normal, like, I wouldn't, like, it wasn't bad. Oh, yeah. Did you, did you know about the open liquor in the car rule thing? Yeah, but I guess I figured that, like, I don't know, like, it's crazy. I mean, this was years ago, y'all, so don't be out there judging me or trying to call the police on me, but I used to really be just out in the car, just be in the back seat, be in the passenger seat, and, and just a full cup of bourbon. You know, I drink all my liquor straight, though. So, Oh, I didn't know. That explains... Wait, can you still hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, I felt like it was about that time for my phone to start, like, cutting out. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that explains. Like, in your videos, I'm like, he drinking that shit straight? <laughs> yeah. He got no juice? Hell no, juice. Get that bullshit away from me. <laughs> <laughs> I need some luckage. So you know where that came from? I started doing that because when I first started losing weight, I well, actually, it first came from because I used to always get sick whenever I would mix my liquor with these sugary-ass, like, juices and pop and all that. And I remember, okay. like, the OGs in my life was like, bro, you need to be a grown-up and stop mixing it with all those little real sugary drinks like Hawaiian Punch and Minute Maid and all that. And it was like, and my grandmother even told me, just drink it straight. My grandmama, she drinks Grey Goose Vodka straight. She's been doing that for years, too. So I was like, all right, I'll give it a try. And so I started doing that. And then when uh, I started losing weight and didn't want to, like, drink all those sugary things anyways. So I was like, well, I just keep drinking it straight. And I now, I've been drinking liquor straight for, like, probably seven years now, actually. And, yeah, I drink all my shit straight. I don't like mixing that. Be a real nigga, Carmen. Drink it straight. Y'all, we lost Carmen again. We can't hear her. 
Carmen's probably back there cussing or saying poop poop skadiddle, poop poop Scott Sky or whatever she's saying. So uh y'all just send your prayers up and hope we get uh Carmen back on the podcast very soon. Over or under ten seconds that Carmen's gonna come back. So that's we're like six seconds now. Hello. Oh she's back. Oh here. I know what's happening. I think I know what's happening. Can you hear me still? Yes. Okay. I think it's because like <laughs> this is gonna sound funny. I think it is because since this is an app, um, the phone doesn't treat it like a call. So it'll just like um exit the screen. You know, like goes to the lock screen. Also when your phone like goes to sleep. So I gotta just keep touching my screen. So nigga, it's your fault. Yeah, I, that's what it looks like. Oh, let me see. If I cut out, tell me. I'm going to keep talking, but I'm going to cut myself out. Let me see. Okay. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yes, nigga, we hear you. Oh, no, that's not it then. <laughs> what was that? It was like a couple years ago, Kanye had a song where he was like, poopity scoop, skedaddle or something. Oh, that's how that shit just sounds. Poopity scoop. Scoop? I love that song. <laughs> No, you do not. I do. I think it's so funny. I think it's so scoopity poop. <laughs> that song is awful. Um, so actually, that leads me. So, who are like your biggest influences music wise? Um, Chance the Rapper. Really? Yes, Chance the Rapper is like one of my favorites. Um, actually, one of the beats that I used is like the the producer who made it like was mimicking his style a little bit. And um, I love horns. I love it. So Chance Rappers, definitely. Um, can you still hear me? Yeah. So before you moving on, like with Chance, have you always been a fan of Chance? Or are you kind of like a newer fan of Chance? I'm not a newer fan of Chance. I was not on him during 10 Day, but I was with him during Acid Rap. So Hey, Acid Rap is probably one of my top 10 favorite mixtapes. Yes, Acid Rap took me through the end of college and the beginning of my my job after college took me through like acid rap uh like that is a great mixtape smoke again juice um some of my favorite songs definitely <clears throat> i love chance the rapper so yes i am a long time chance fan fan i saw him before he was super super famous when he was a, he came to vandy so you could see him for cheap yeah yeah back then you could see him for 15 dollars. yeah that's what i did that's that's exactly what i did he was like throwing water in the in the crowd and everything right. i was like oh my god it's it's magical and his rap you can tell how he's grown and evolved because a lot of his raps back then was a lot more kind of drug and i mean he always talked a lot about love and he has some mature shit in his music but he talked a little bit more about drugs and some silly shit which i'm totally fine with but it's just cool to see his growth in his music. Yeah, and I'm I'm actually childish. I actually enjoy the the silly shit. Oh yeah, I love the silly shit. I don't want all the music to be hella serious. I don't need that shit. Stressful. Life is stressful already. I don't need all my music to be stressful. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just I'm such a huge Chance fan. I like his. Uh, and then his new shit. I'm not sure if it's the last project or the newest project. Um. But he's got he's got some stuff out. He's got a song with Nicki Minaj, and I can't remember the name of the song, but it's really. I think I think it's on his newest one that came out about a month ago, Big Day. Yeah, yeah, I like Big Day. Yeah. I've been listening to. Oh my god, Arr, so good! 
it's actually pretty good. That's why you know you know what frustrates me about people because they all it's like social media folk. They're like, you know, all Chance does is talk about how much he loves his wife. I'm like, okay, like that's dope as hell. And y'all don't complain about rappers who all they talk about is killing niggas and selling drugs and talking about women with fat asses. Why you have a problem? Say what? People mad that he talks about. He said new fiance at my cologne, like whatever he said. That's so cool. Like his new fiance, that's his cologne. Please let me the fuck away. I was like, oh. like that's that's pretty dope. Like to me, we need the diversity in music. We need some rappers talking about how much they love their wife because we got plenty of rappers talking about dogging these hoes and their jewelry and all that other shit. Like we need a balance, and I like the balance in music. So. Shout out to Chance the Rapper. Um, who else are your influences? Oh, I love Chance. Okay, let me move on. I love him so much. Um, let me see. Oh, so Tony Braxton. Um, Shout out. Tony Braxton throughout the 90s and early 2000s. I don't think she ever made a, a happy song about men. She <laughs> did not. She was never happy about men until like 2007 or something, probably. No, she had you mean the you mean the world to me. She had oh, uh, that was the shit though. She had that, and she had, breathe again. Now I can breathe again. Wasn't it breathe again? Ain't that what it's called? I don't. Uh, th- no, that song is not a happy song. She's saying that she would never breathe. Again. Oh no, I was just uh bringing it up because I used to fuck with that. Song. Oh, that song is good. And uh, how many ways is one of my favorite Tony Braxton songs? Oh. That shit, bro. My father was a huge, but but that's so. My pops is a huge Tony Braxton fan. He used to play the hell out of her CDs and cassette tapes growing up. Like that's wild as hell. He fucking loves some Tony Braxton. So shout out to Tony. He wasn't man enough. Tony Braxton. And see, that's not really my my favorite Tony era. That was like ninety nine. Me neither. I like the nineties, but I went to see her live concert and I about lost my shit. I was like, oh my god. Did you really? Yes, like sometimes when I'm like doing my shows, I'll you know I like to talk to the audience too. So I'll tell them yeah. I'll be like, "You guys, this is how Tony would sing it." So sometimes like I'll sing a verse <laughs> of like a random song of how Tony would sing it. Hey, that's dope! Shout out. So I love Tony. Um, yeah, that's dope. Yeah, Tony. That my yeah my favorite version of Tony Braxton is like what ninety nineteen ninety five Tony Braxton. Yeah, she was fine too, boy. Look at boy, I tell you, and that nice little sultry voice she got, yeah. Oh, shout out Tony Braxton. Yeah, so she definitely has. Um, and you know, like people like Tony make you feel better because, like, my voice, like my singing voice is deep. I mean, my talking voice is deep anyway, but like Tony, um, she has a deep voice. Like, okay, you know, you feel like you're in good company. So, yeah. um, yeah, definitely. Tony. Shout out. Um, Cece Peniston was my earliest influence. Oh, shit. you like Cece? She went deep into it, the deep cuts. Yeah, Cece Peniston, um, everything, all of it. I I be thinking like nobody really be messing with her, but I'm glad that you know who Cece is. Uh, oh hell yeah! She had responded to one of my messages one time when I was in college. I was like, oh my god, I love you. She responded, really? and I was like in tears. Like I love Cece Peniston. Um, so yeah, your music influences got hella versatility that's dope oh thank you sir thank you yeah so would you do you consider yourself a huge music head um i don't i don't actually i don't know i feel like no let me change that let me say this i feel like i'm a music head in the stuff that i'm really that i really listen to but i don't think it's like super popular you know how like you said you're a hip-hop head 
and everything. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not, I'm not really super, super into it. I didn't grow up like listening to like Wu-Tang and all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to like R&B, 90s stuff and um, old, old stuff that a lot of people don't know about because of my parents, like I, I feel like I am well-versed musically. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't think I've studied it, like just really just gotten into stuff like, OK, I just got, I had to cop this newest album. Like, I'm not like that. But, you know, there were albums that shaped me growing up. You know what I'm saying? Like Boys to Men, Sammy, that Sammy, the yellow CD. Oh, shit. Sammy. Yeah, that yellow CD. <laughs> that whole situation was on repeat. You know, like Bill Withers, like when I was like seven, I was listening to Bill Withers CD on the way to school. So bruh bill withers he hasn't made music since i think the 80s or late 70s and they've like asked him why he said i just didn't feel like making music no more like he made a bunch of music for a while and then just stopped and he never went back to making it ain't that wild that's weird man like that's wild (laughs) as hell but yeah he just said fuck it I, i ain't making no more music I'm done with you niggas. That's weird. I mean, that's okay. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad he's like, okay, I'm tired. I mean, sometimes I'm like... But like, bro, we need the music. But though. you never look at like his videos. Sometimes like he was sweating. Like he was tired of being there. <laughs> like, First of all, all the old school singers from the 70s and early 80s was always sweating while they were singing. Like, why, why was they always sweating? Because them niggas was hot. They was high as shit when they were singing. Why? That's why they were sweating. So I don't... And I don't know what's gotten into me lately. I did not grow up really caring about funk but i don't lately funk like my band sometimes they'll play a couple of funk tunes and so like yeah. i don't know i heard the song fire you know that song <laughs> yeah. Man, i mean i've heard that song a million times but like i went to a breeze and i said oh shit turn this up you know and i ain't never been no funk person but there's a groove in it and i like my parents would tell me like how they would so they went to wku too by the way and Shout out Hilltoppers. So they went to WKU and they used to party in this place called The Cellar. The Cellar was under, I think, West Hall. I've heard, oh, yes. I've heard, my mama went to WKU also and she told me. What's what your mama graduate? She know my mama. She, <laughs> she was there from like 77 through like oh 80. Oh, my God. Our parents went to college together. Bruh, because she told me how like, which everybody, y'all, there's a dorm or for the people who are strict about this residence hall, but there was a dorm called Northwest. I mean, Northeast. Yeah, Northeast. But back in the day, it was two separate dorms. One was North, one was East. And I think the cellar was under... No, it was under West. It was under... Is it Southwest? Uh, well, my parents drew Southwest, so it was under they West. drew a map yesterday or the day before yesterday because they were trying to figure out where the cellar was. Okay, so it was under West End. Because I remember my mother told me how Northeast and Southwest, how today it's only two dorms. Back in the day, it was four different dorms. And the cellar, because my uncle, my mother's older brother, rest in peace, he also went to WKU. And they both was telling me that there was a a place called The Cellar that they used to party in that was under one of those dorms. Yeah, and that's that's where it was. See, I bet our parents know each other. They they had to. They were black. You know, our parents... Yeah. Oh, yeah. It wasn't nothing but like nine. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, but I was just bringing it up because of the funk. You know, my parents are saying, you know, the song, the lyrics would only be for a minute or two. The rest of it, yep. same song, 10 minutes long. And so, Bruh, yeah, so really? recently I feel like I've gotten a new because I've had to perform during funk. You know what I'm saying? Like while the band is playing funk, I've had to entertain people during that. 
And so like I had no choice but to like get into it. So I have a new appreciate appreciation for um funk. So I think that's something maybe it influenced me lightweight. I used to make fun of my parents for liking this flashlight. I'm like, black people always want to hear that Boy. damn flashlight. But now I'm like, turn it up, you know. Hell yeah. Ain't a funk that uh fire that's Ohio players, ain't it? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's see, I know I think it's Ohio players. Fire yeah, yeah, yeah that's Ohio players yeah. right there, yeah. You know, that's one of those songs that like you have playing really loud while you're driving down the street with the window <laughs> down and you like and you see some dude walking down the street, you just yell like Red J, what up, baby? <laughs> yeah, I can't I can't call it, baby. Like that's what you have to do when the old funk song. How did you know that was the image in my head? With like when I lit, like when I said fight, all I could hear, like I could just see the the just driving in the car. You know, I could see the window coming down, that wind coming through, and that's playing on blast. So yeah, like funk, yes, has influenced me. I think. Hell yeah, I'm telling you, I'm driving today, and my I got the do rag with the cape out, and it's just flourishing in the air. The air is just blowing my cape. (laughs) Just blowing the cape in the air, yo. Just Red J, what up, baby? I can't call it that. That's it. And I know your arms are out when you say that. What up, baby? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. See, and look, when I just said it, my arm was out, too, just now. (laughs) Right? I'm telling you, like, what up, baby? I can't call it. Yeah. Oh, I love some uh, funk music. Every once in a while, I'll be in the car with the windows rolled down, just cruising on a payday Friday with that funk music hitting. That's it. Boy. Also, I listen like since I've gotten older, I listen to a lot of like island music. I listen to like reggae music. I listen to Afro beats and all of that as well. Like that shit makes me happy as hell. Okay, yeah, definitely. Look, the Afro. Have you heard of uh, David O? Hell oh, yeah! Oh, like that song. Let me follow you, Manana, follow yeah. you. Oh, like so. I would get my hair done in the African braiding shop for a few consecutive years. I guess not last year before that. And uh, for a little bit, for a couple of years, I was getting long braids and they would just have the Afro music playing just the whole time. And that's when I felt like I was exposed okay. to like, yo, this is dope what they got playing. And if you have never seen the African music video, you haven't lived. You need to go watch African music video. This is true. They live. This is true. They they be dancing their ass off too. Oh though. my gosh. It's like, what are we doing over here in the U.S.? help yep. like what do we need to do like i mean they're having such a good time in the style of the dance and even the kids yep. like showing out they be dancing like oh my god yes. like and the clothes be amazing it's so pretty and each like the videos it's not all just one type of video it's a couple of different types of video yeah and they're so yeah. good like they're so much fun to watch like they'll have a little storyline everything like they be showing out with the dancing the art is good like it's we need to over here in the U.S. I'm like, man, we need to have that kind of energy. Like their videos make you want to get up. And like, I wish we yeah. had more of that energy in the our videos um, in the U.S. Right. Like, have you ever been so? Have you ever been to a wedding reception when that's all they're playing? Because I went to a wedding and it, uh, the groom was Nigerian and the uh, bride was uh, Jamaican. Boy, that was a lit-ass wedding reception, yo. The music was fire the whole reception. Then when they would get into all, like, the Jamaican music and the Afro beats and, and island music, all the older people, the all the older family members started coming out, and they all just grooving. Them older aunties and grannies up here moving them hips, my nigga. I'm jealous. Boy, I tell you, I was about to go find me a sugar mama. Yeah. 
out there, boy, go find me a nice, uh, a nice sixty-two-year-old woman that finished paying her house mortgage. Oh yeah. Well, I do whatever, and she gonna help me pay these student loans back. There you go. Boy, I'm telling you, she's going to help me get these loans paid off. But yeah, I'm telling you, man, a wedding reception that's full of that music, you're going to have a good-ass time. And it was an open bar, because I don't fool with wedding receptions unless it's an open bar. Like, Bruh, don't expect me to drive all the way from where I am. Don't expect me to drive out of state for a wedding if you ain't got no open bar. (laughs) I just just feel like... I go for the cake. I don't, well, I don't really eat sweets, so I don't give a shit about no damn cake. Oh, okay. Okay, you've got a sugar situation. You're not with Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't really, I'm not big on sweets. I really don't care about sweets. I, uh, I drink my sugar margaritas. Like, that's my dessert. (laughs) Yeah, I drink, but yeah, don't invite me to the wedding unless it's a, a, an open bar, and it better be a bunch of single bridesmaids. That's what I. Oh, need. okay. I see. I see what you're going for. Cause I'm going for a plate uh-huh. and like you know the meatballs, uh, cheeses, meats and cheeses, and uh, cake. Meats, <laughs> meats and cheeses. That sounds like an event. So, hey, y'all going to meats and cheeses this Friday? <laughs> yeah, I'm going. Have you ever seen uh, the movie Bridesmaids? And so she always talked about got lots of meats and cheeses. Oh yeah, that is <laughs> meats and cheeses. So I always every podcast I always do a um a part of the program basically where we talk about how do you minimize your fucks? Cause I think minimizing your fucks is very important because I believe too many people give too many fucks about too many things. And when we give too many fucks about too many things, is where we find ourselves stressed out full of anxiety and all of that so how many fucks a week do you think you should be giving um initially the first number i thought was like three maybe okay i see that okay because for me because when i first said this i remember i said um I think I said that about 9 or 10. And my sister, two of my homeboys looked at me. Yeah, they looked at me crazy. Like, 9 or 10? That's way too many fucks to be given a day. No, like a day? I was saying three for the whole week. I mean a week, a week, yeah. Because because for me, though, I was already, I was counting, like, my mom or my sister. They said, no, you don't have to count, like, your loved ones. That's a given. You don't count. There's certain shit we know that you got to give a fuck about. Right. But yeah, so I agree. I think that three fucks a week is a perfect amount to give. Yeah, just three. Uh, one at the top of the week to make sure, you know what I'm saying? You don't want to go in your job, you know what I'm saying? Not giving a fuck. Because if you don't give enough on a Monday, well, it's, it's all downhill from there, buddy. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> you sound like you sound like some old white cop. It's all downhill, buddy. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, pal. Can you step out the car, please, buddy? Yeah, that's exactly. So you need to keep that same energy on that Monday. Keep that fuck giving on the Monday. You know what I'm saying? Wednesday, make sure you check in with yourself and uh, make sure that you're good. Friday, give even more fuck about yourself about how you're going to relax and just put back into you. You know what I'm saying? And the weekend is a fuck-free weekend. No fucks are given. No fucks are allowed here, sir. Ooh, that fuck free give fuck free weekend. Absolutely. That's what we have enough. 
a fuck free act. Someone hit you up and you be like, yo, I'm sorry, man. I ain't got no fucks to give. I ran out of fucks on Thursday, man. I'm sorry. Not, buddy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, buddy. I have no more fucks to give. I'm totally out. So how do you minimize your fucks? Like, what do you do to minimize your fucks? Um, definitely loved ones. Uh, it's a big, my mother is, is definitely my mom. If I feel like I'm giving too many fucks, I'm just handing them out. Um, I talk to my mom and she's like, you know, helps me with my perspective. I mean, she'll be like, basically, mom Dukes will be like, yo, 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 you're giving out too many fucks. Put them back in the yeah. bag. You she's, the, she's the fuck regulator. So, <laughs> definitely my mom. Everyone needs a fuck regulator in their life. It's my mom and uh, maybe like a friend. If I really feel like it's a, you know, class five, you know, I may go to two people, <laughs> you know, mom and somebody else. Um, so that and uh, definitely a bit of uh, introspection. Talk to yourself and prayer keeps me mm-hmm. keeps me together. And like I said, attaching myself with my own reality and accepting that this is my reality. This is where I am something I want to change change it don't make it any more any less than what it is you know what I'm saying but, so hold on let's say that say that one more time when you say what you mean by attaching yourself to your own reality like so I am Carmen I am a black woman I am an artist woo, woo, woo. that is me understanding this is I weigh this amount I am this height blah 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 everything you know what I'm saying that is me accept that is what it is and if there's something I want to change about it, change it. If I want to embrace it, embrace it. You know what I'm saying? Whatever I need to do, you know, and understand like myself. And I feel like that really can keep you grounded, understanding who you are. You know, if you are someone who changes the world and embrace that shit. Like that is your reality. Yeah. That is who you are. You know, so like take it. Take it for what it is. If there is a flaw about yourself, don't make that flaw any more than what it is. Leave it where it's at. And if you want to change it, then change it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and don't, and, and be okay with the fact that it exists. That's a big thing. Like, be okay with your perfections and your imperfections. Accept them. Right. Attach yourself to your reality. Live in that. If you want to change it, change it. You know what I'm saying? If you need to embrace it, embrace it. But be real. You know, be there. So, like, I don't know. That's that's what I mean by that. If that makes sense. That's dope. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And that's, that's really a dope mindset to just have and take with you on a daily basis. Because then that's what helps you to not just minimize your fucks, but that helps you to allocate your Yes. Because, like, it's important to minimize your fucks, but it's also important to allocate your fucks. And that's what you meant by, like, giving a fuck on Monday, giving a fuck on Wednesday, and then giving one on Friday. You got to allocate that shit. Spread it out. <laughs> Exactly. Spread out your fucks. You don't want you don't want to get too crazy. You don't want to overwhelm yourself. You know what I'm saying? Right. Imagine like you only got five fucks to give for the week, and you gave four away on Tuesday. You gonna be messed up, about you gonna you gonna tap out. You gonna you're not gonna show up to work by Friday. That's what I'm saying. You show. Then right. you're gonna lose some money. So I'm just saying, you know, like don't give away too many. And that's something that I really have to practice. That's why, like, that's such a good question. I appreciate that question because that is something that I have word to- up practice a lot is making sure that I'm not giving out energy to the wrong things you know what I'm saying and saying who am I what am I trying to do how can I you know what I'm saying put into that how can I invest into that 
Because I'm giving away too many fucks about shit that's not going to help me. It doesn't even matter. Uh-huh. And yeah, it's only so many fucks to give out, man. Like, it's literally only too many fucks to give out because a lot of... So, there's a lot of shit that doesn't matter. There's a lot of shit that's out of our hands that we have no control over. And then there's a lot of shit that's just going to give us stress when we already got too much to worry about. So... Yeah. Why why give out all these fucks when you got too many other fucks that you have to Not only gave you so, so many when you got here, you don't want to use them all up. He only gave you so many. Hell no. Uh, right. Imagine it's Wednesday and you only have one fuck left. Like, you got a long week ahead of yourself. Not gonna make it. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, and it's just, I had to learn about, I was giving out too many last week. You know what I'm saying? That about me age. Oh my God. Mom's like, hey, chill out. Right. So, and see, I, I got to catch myself because I haven't been taking lunches at work. I've been working through my lunch. I've been leaving late. I just been going too hard at work. I usually like go work out during my lunch break. I haven't been doing any of that shit. And I haven't been working out like I'm supposed to. So now I'm out here tired. I didn't gave out way too many fucks at work, yo. I know that you should always give a fuck at work, but not too not many. Not too many. Not too many. Some stuff, like you said, you just don't have control over. You can't. Like, I had to learn that when I got, I transferred at a new job. And I had to learn, you know, I was like, hey, just remember, you don't have control over everything, you know? Do you stay in your lane? Woo, woo, woo. You know, like, don't. Just, just lead it. Don't give away too many of those fucks because you're gonna run out. Right. See, and that's another way, y'all, to minimize your fucks. Stay in your lane. Yeah. Just stay in your damn lane. Like niggas always be trying to swerve in someone else's lane, trying to do you shit know they know they ain't supposed to be doing. They're not in touch with their own reality. They not. They not attached to it. Stay in it. Damn. That might be the name of this podcast. Stay in touch with your own reality. Yeah. Attach yourself to your. That actually might be good on a shirt. Attach yourself to your. Right, go ahead. I'll get look. Go ahead. I am gonna get that other one. The, what is it? Melanated or something like that. See, you can't even remember, nigga. Look at this, nigga. Do you want me to buy? What, this? what See, I'm trying to buy the shirt. And you always <laughs> Let me keep. Let me keep my money. I'm over here like what's it called? Like, I'm trying to buy. I'm trying to support. I'm trying to support the shirt. Okay. I'm telling you, the new ones, the uh, minimize your fuck shirts are fire too. Yeah, but I can only wear that to certain places. I want one I can wear. That is very true. That you, yeah, that is very true. Because I definitely have my homegirls wearing black girl magic and appreciate the melanin at work. Yeah, see, I can wear that. I'd like to wear my appreciate the melanin to work. Yeah, and then you got to wear the natural hair, a nice big bushy fro with it, and that'll be fire. It's gonna take some work, but okay. <laughs> it's gonna take some work. See, I can't relate. Yeah, thank God. I can't that relate. Fam, it's gonna take. That takes work. Big comb. Make sure you got the right condition. It's a situation. That's why my hair is up in full locks. Okay. Oh, you got the locks in? Yeah, I got full locks in right now. I keep them. I had them in the video. That's the same thing I've got on. Oh, okay, I was about to because I was about to say you got to show us from the culture. No, you know, check out the YouTube video. Type in Carmen. Say you love me on YouTube and can see the faux locks that I have. You heard Carmen, C-A-R-M-E-N. Say you love me. Yeah, say you love me. You can see the balloons, all that stuff. You can see what I spent my last check on before I quit my job. (laughs) So where can we all like see you perform? Where can we see you on social media? Um, 
you already said the YouTube. You can say that again too. Where can we see you if the people want to get a little bit more of Carmen? So I perform uh, usually weekly at a place called Snitch, S N I T C H, um, in Nashville. Just come to Printer's Alley on Nashville. I'm always there um, weekly on Sundays usually, and uh, I'll post where I'll have my schedule and everything posted. Just check me out on Instagram. It's I. A-M-P-O-E-T-I-C underscore justice. I am poetic underscore justice on Instagram. And on Facebook, it is Carmen Van Leer Music. So, uh, yeah. Um, check. Yeah. So, go support the culture. Support this beautiful black woman. Um, she, gets, she gives out a lot of good energy, y'all. So, y'all just gotta support people that give out the good vibes. That's just genuinely being themselves. And not trying to be what we think that y'all want. Don't try to be what you think people want. Just be yourself. And just be yourself. Someone's going to fuck with Exactly. That's super powerful. Super powerful. Yeah. Be yourself because someone's going to fuck with it. That feels like that would be a good title for something. I don't know what, but I feel like that would be a good title. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Because at the end of the day, you know God fucks with it. So, Word up. Um, so Carmen, I like to end the podcast with um just some kind of either word of advice, uh, just something dope, a gem to drop on every, all the people listening. Do you have anything dope that you would like to say to the folks? Yeah, um, something I've been doing lately, I'll say never stop getting to know yourself, uh, because it will help you navigate life and and keep yourself at and like keep that inner peace. So like masturbation, um, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, through all those, all that. Even if it's that, you know, what I'm saying, know yourself, know how you, how you get there. You know, what I'm saying, know what makes you happy. Just, just continue to just pursue yourself. Always look for yourself. Hey, that's dope. That's dope. Pursue yourself. Yeah. That's really dope. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So like, I am poetic. Just say underscore it. justice. Oh, my bad. I forgot the underscore. Thank you for uh, correcting me, Maddie. <laughs> but uh, always pursue yourself. I like that. There's no, maybe I'll make that the title of this podcast. Hey, I'm with it. Pursue yourself. Like, that's really fire. So, yeah, just like uh, Carmen just said, pursue yourself. She told y'all that y'all can see her in Nashville at Snitch usually on Sundays right? Yes usually on Sundays at 8pm and you can find all that on my Instagram just follow me and I'll uh, have schedules and have dates up and everything and the video on YouTube say it one more time for the folks. On YouTube it's Carmen Say You Love Me and it is a cover actually and listen to the piano because that's me playing the piano I was really happy about that I had to do a live take of that so I'll check it out. Shout out. Shout out. Um, I appreciate you for coming on the podcast though. Thank you for having me. I, I'm I'm happy to like get to meet you, even if it's like through a podcast randomly a few years after college. <laughs> right. Cause we never y'all, we never actually got to like be around each other in person. All our interactions has been on social media, which is dope, but we'll get something together at some point. Yeah, man. You know, just hit me up, especially if you come to Nashville. You know, just let me know. And you're all, you have my number now. So just hit me up. Word up. So um, thank you for being on the podcast. Remember, everybody, pursue yourself. And um, yeah, just be blessed. Stay blessed. And 
bless as many people as possible. Thank y'all for listening to the Chicken and Liquor Hour and do something dope for a black person. Absolutely. And I, I appreciate you for having me and thank you all for your time. You know it. All right. Love y'all niggas. Peace out. All right. Bye.